The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And a very pleasant Sunday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Mark Sinkris, along with Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, owner Brian Wickert, and Chief Millennial Loan Consultant, David Wickert. Always a pleasure to be with the guys on a Sunday morning. Now, if you have a question or comment, give us a call or text us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, the number 414-799-1620. Guys, good to be with you again. Oh, and a fine spring-like morning today or day on tap. I'm sure all the open houses are going to be jam-packed today. Hey, and by the way, Acunet is no longer a resident of Low Overhead Butler. We are now from Low Overhead Waukesha. We we had somebody buy the building that we uh, rented in for the last 16 years, and they wanted our space, so we perfected the move over the last couple of weeks, and... Uh, People will be coming out to beautiful Waukesha right behind the Marriott Hotel on Highway F in the Ridgeview uh, Business uh, Park up there. So it'll be nice. So uh, anyway, here's a story. We've been talking for the last couple of weeks about how there's a dearth, a shortage. A, what's another good word for that? Uh, mm-hmm. Not enough homes for sale. Not enough nice homes for sale. And so you end up with these bidding wars, and guess what? We had two, now I don't know if this is a trend or just a fluke, but we had two appraisals this week on purchase transactions that came in below the accepted offer price, which is never fun. And first thing, though, I want to point out to everybody is the appraiser has the offer. They know the price, so they know they're... They're trying. That's right. They know they're going to upset the apple cart, put something in the punch bowl... Uh, when they come back with a value that's lower than the offer price. Um, now, the first one was on a condo. So, you know, those are a little easier to do because you typically try to have comparable sales from within the condo complex, which was the case here. The accepted offer price was in the low 160s, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, the appraiser's ultimate value conclusion was in, let's call it the mid-150s. So, maybe a six $7,000 gap here. And wouldn't you know, the appraiser made a factual mistake uh, that the buyer's agent caught. One of the comps, the appraiser had listed with a sales price of 150 and it was actually 154 9 hmm. And the buyer's agent also said, well, you left out this other comp that sold for 158 And the appraiser came back and corrected the report uh, with the factual $4,900 increase. Mm-hmm. And guess how much he changed the value? Zero. Right. That is what you call infuriating to all parties. Like, yeah, I made a mistake, but you know what? I'm not changing my opinion. Well, because what you're hoping is you're not going to get it all the way back, but even a schnibble. That's right. So Jerry and I did the math. Our our sometimes host of the radio show here, Jerry Circuitich, was the loan consultant on this one. So we said, all right, let's crack open the Excel spreadsheet. Well, had the appraiser, you know, factored that in, it would have changed the overall value conclusion because there were five comps. So weighted 28%. It would have changed it to 980 bucks. So we're still way short of the mark. But then the appraiser said, 
Oh, that one that sold for one fifty-eight. Um, that was over six months old, so that's why I didn't use it. Eh, wrong again. It was actually five and a half months ago. So this guy is just making him and us look bad. But once again, Jerry and I put in the Excel spreadsheet and say, well, let's pretend he used that. Well, now we have six comps. So it came up like another seven hundred and fifty bucks, okay. right? Because yeah. it's now diluted. We're still way short of the mark. So we could do battle. But Jerry was going to call the parties and say, look, at, even if we win the, all these arguments, maybe we're coming up two grand in value. We're still going to be way short of where you want to be, and it's a small down payment. Yeah. So that one probably isn't going to work. Oh, the other thing, though, that comes up in situations like this, and it's a tough situation, is, oh, yeah, but there's a sale that's going to close cash sale next week for full offer price at, you know, in the low 160s. Well, too bad because... An appraiser can't go back and amend his report with a comp that's sold after the date of his report. But let's just pretend that we sent out, we did the math on this too. Mm-hmm. Let's say we scuttled this deal, said, great, let's wait for that new uh, comp to close. We'll send out a brand new appraiser who certainly he or she will use that comp. Okay, great, but they don't get to hang their hat on one sale, which is, I call it the one comp bias you know, everybody, because that's how sellers think. That's how buyers think. It's like, well, the my, last my one. My neighbor sold for, yeah. There was one. Yeah. But the poor appraiser can't just use one comp. Yeah. So, unfortunately, there were others that sold for, you know, 155 and 158. So, we just can't, boom, say, okay, here's where the market is now. Come on up to that level. Sure. Because that means everything. Yeah. So, that's a tough situation. Um, don't know how that's going to turn out, but I think it's going to turn out with it not uh not closing, unfortunately. All right, when we come back, David's got a low appraisal story of a different flavor, along with some solutions, and that one is going to turn out. We'll give you that story when we come back. And this is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And this reminder, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open at 414-799-1620. As a matter of fact, Brian and David, uh, we already have a text, so at your convenience, whenever you'd like me to share it with you, I'll be happy to do so. Let us have it. Come on, we're ready. All right, sir. Uh, listener uh, asked the question, can an appraiser use sales that were one-party listing, only one photo and no description, recent low appraisal, use three lower prices, 72 to 73K, ignoring Three higher prices, 79K, that were one-party listings. Rather technical in nature, I, I assume you guys follow that better than me. Well, uh, first of all, let's define what a one-party listing is. That's where a real estate agent says, uh, hey, I've got this listing, and I happen to already have a buyer for it. Boom. So let's get her done. They never really put it out there to the public. They never market the property on the MLS. And so I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna, I'll find out because that's a really good question. I think the impediment, and I, and I was just reading the a report on this one appraisal that we were just talking about where, I don't know, or it was a different one. I think it was one David's about to talk with, where the appraiser said, I didn't use this one-party listing because the appraiser can't see the inside. They can't judge the condition of the property. So I'm going to find out. I'm going to call our appraisal management company on Monday, and we'll follow up on this next week because I would think, yeah, it makes your job higher, tougher, but why don't you just, like, call the listing agent right. 
and talk to them. And I, didn't, I didn't realize pictures played such a role in value. Well, they're really, I think they're really helpful. Well, sure. You know, that's the first thing I look at when, when I'm debating, and I won a debate recently. I, I, um, this was on a refinance. We cajoled the appraiser into bringing the value up from uh, 390 to 395, and then one more time on the back. Yeah, but and it came up to 405, like wow. 15 grand more value, which was really important because it allowed us to give money back to the customer, which was their goal, rather than having them bring money to the closing table. Yeah. Um, and so when I was doing that, you know, kind of rebuttal thing, I was looking at the pictures and saying, well, look at ours has six inch crown molding and custom cabinets. And this cop over here didn't have anything and blah, blah, blah. So, all right. So, so the answer is, I don't know, but I know it's harder. I don't know if it's forbidden. I, I doubt if it's forbidden. So stay tuned. I know, the, hmm, you're, I know it's probably more urgent uh, than, than one. If, if this person wants to call me tomorrow. Uh, my phone number's on the homepage of the website. All right, David, what's your low appraisal story? What are well, the facts? Mine, mine's a story of this is the same folks who beat out seven other offers with our rock-solid pre-approval, mm-hmm. and they ended up uh, getting an accepted offer $20,000 over the list price. Okay. So And they wrote without an appraisal contingency. Because that's what it takes sometimes to, to win, win in today's... So, so the the hot math was the appraisal came in sixteen thousand dollars light. Okay, but I just l- was looking at it, knowing we were going to talk about it. Yep. It is above the actual listing price. Correct. And so, you know, for these folks, they have the means that they can bring the difference if they want to. Or we also I lined up numbers where they were going to put twenty percent down, because folks never forget, mortgage lenders can only lend you money on the lesser of the purchase price mm-hmm. or the appraised value. So in one case, they would have had to bring in this shortfall, the 16000 or so. What were your other options that you bring The other to? option was they could bring the same amount of money to closing, mm-hmm. basically a 15% down payment, and the monthly PMI was only 45 bucks a month. Hmm. So keep so, sixteen. Oh, how long does that MI stay? The PMI stay on the loan? Dude? It would only be on there for a year and a half. So eighteen times four. So maybe nine hundred dollars of PMI that I would right. end up paying. But then I get to keep sixteen thousand dollars in my pocket. All right. It'll be interesting to see what the folks um, come up with there. But I think the on on appraisals coming in. Especially in a hot market, Mm -hmm. you know, the value of the home is what you were willing to pay for it when you said yes to that offer. Well, yeah. And thank goodness some people buy houses above the listing Uh, price. Or above the appraised value. Because then there's appreciation. Yeah. Otherwise, see, folks, and I get this sometimes. I've heard, you know, buyers or sellers or real estate agents say, well, doesn't this idiot appraiser know that there were seven, you know, offers and six of them were above the listing price and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, the guy or gal knows that, but their job requires them to use past data as in closed like sales. driving with your rear view mirror. It's really kind of tough. Now, the only way they could, you know, conjure up a higher value is to literally say line item, uh, I'm increasing the value of this property that sold for 300,000, you know, 4 months ago. I'm increasing it to 305. Why? Because time has passed. That's called the time adjustment. I have not seen very many of those. So it is tough. I'm grateful that this hasn't happened more often. Right. Where appraisals come in light. Um but, you know, sometimes there are solutions like in your case, David. Yeah. 
Other times, there's not like in my example from the first segment. When we come back, we are going to talk about the Fannie Mae Home Purchase Sentiment Index. Do people think it's a good time to buy a home? Do they think it's not a good time? We'll have the answers when we come back. And you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show right here on WTMJ. Expert advice on buying a home. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. We're less than two weeks away from Jeff Wagner's Inside 2018, and tickets are going fast. It's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to get behind the curtain, look at Jeff Wagner's show in progress, see how it's made, produced, sit just a few feet away from Governor Scott Walker and hear from his re-election campaign. So reserve your tickets for your chance to see Wisconsin VIPs like the Governor, Attorney General Brad Schimmel, and more. Head to WTMJ.com now. We're back to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. And, Brian, uh, we've got a text question coming in from Judy from Milwaukee again. Happy to pass it your way at your at your pleasure. Right now, yeah, come on. Hit it, All hit right, it. here the we go. The text line is on fire here. Here we oh, go. Keep, keep uh, Judy asking you, gentlemen, she says, I'm thinking of purchasing a condo and a new development to be built in Brookfield. Do I need a buyer's agent, a real estate lawyer, or both. Any suggestions on this process will go well for me. Thank you. Okay. Um, here's a couple things. So if she has already been, like, through the model, and, you know, sometimes a new construction condo will have a model, and they might have a real estate agent person there or a um, or an employee who has a real estate license of the builder, well, then uh, that's called the... Uh, right of procurement. They have procured you as a buyer, and so it's going to be hard to bring in a commission, or it may be hard to bring in a commissioned buyer's agent who gets compensated by the seller. So let's just go through the economics once again. In a typical real estate transaction in southeastern Wisconsin, the seller is paying a percentage of the purchase price somewhere between, let's say, 3 and 6%. Uh, in order for the real estate broker, the lister, to market the property. Well, for time and memoriam, the listing agent has offered a reward for any other agent, a buyer's agent, who brings them a buyer. And in southeastern Wisconsin, the typical reward is 2.4% of the purchase price. But that buyer's agent has to procure the buyer. They have to bring him through the house. They have to have like, hey, I, I'm, the, I'm the reason why Judy is interested in this condo. So if the buyer's agent really wasn't involved and you've been dealing with the listing agent, the listing agent's not going to want to share their commission with them. So you may be in the pickle, Judy, and you may have to use an attorney. And in Which that is case, never a bad idea. Well, that's right, because really a real estate license, which I'm proud to hold, is a limited uh, license to practice law. In a very narrow, Contract. narrow scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so Judy, if you want to again, give me a call tomorrow at the office, or if we've got, uh, do we capture the incoming number when somebody texts us, Mark, or is it anonymous? We'll, we'll check that one out for you guys. Uh, I'll make yeah, sure. Yeah, because uh, I can. I if can we have it, we can share them. it with you. You bet. Yeah, because you know it could cost you several hundred, or maybe a thousand, or fifteen hundred dollars to be represented by an attorney. Now, I happen to be working with a relocating buyer purchasing a new construction condo in uh, Brookfield. It's in that development right next to that office building we looked at buying, David, on Capitol. Oh, okay. And so here's another thing, Judy, to keep in mind. When it's new construction. Yeah, that was the alarm that went off in my head. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. 
New construction is generally not financeable by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, which means you're not going to be able to get uh, a 30-year fixed rate loan or maybe even a 15-year fixed rate loan because Fannie Mae is, and Freddie Mac are allergic. They, they want to know that that condo project is going to be viable before they go buying mortgages from that condo project. So in this particular case of the relocating folks who are who have moved to Milwaukee from Florida and they're looking at this, we can help them, but it's going to be on a 30-year loan that has a fixed rate period of either 5, 7, or 10 years. And they're focusing in on either the 7 or the 10-year variety. That's called an adjustable rate mortgage because you don't have the fixed rate for the entire period. So we have a bank, a portfolio source of money that doesn't have to play by the Fannie Mae rules, and their rules are much looser, which say, hey, as long as the um, building in which your condo is located, as long as the building is finished and all the common elements of the condo are finished, they'll lend in it. And so that's what's going to work in that case. So. We'll get you connected with a real estate agent, and if you need help financing in that new construction condo, we could help there, too. All right, when we come back from the news break, we will get to the Fannie Mae Seller, what do I call it, Purchase Sentiment, Home Purchase Sentiment Index, the HPSI, when we come back. All right, guys, back with you shortly, WTMJ News Time 1030. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. And this reminder, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Section Line is open at 414-799-1620. Brian, once again, back to you, sir. All right. So the Fannie Mae Home Purchase Sentiment Index, I didn't even know it existed until this morning when I was poking around on the Fannie Mae site. But... I have met their chief economist, Todd Duncan, who's a heck of a nice guy. He wears cowboy boots. He is down-to-earth, speaks with a little southern drawl, and he's the kind of economist you'd like to sit down and talk to. I sat to sat next to him once at a, at a day-long seminar thing, and I really liked him. So, all right, so they do this survey once a month, and they ask 1,005 Americans with a plus or minus 3.5% margin of error several questions, and then they they actually do a clever thing that I'll explain in a moment. But let's start with this, uh, Mark. You ready to play here? What percentage of Americans think I'm going to give you multiple choice? Oh, thank what God for that. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to do fine, I swear. Think it's a good time to buy a home. 57%, 66%, or 77%. Mark, your guess. Uh, you know what? Um, with the mixed news on realty, uh, retail closures mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the economy in general it is a mixed bag i have to go with 57 okay david did you cheat and look no i'll take the middle option please okay 66 percent is what the percentage of americans was a year ago in february and mark is right it's down to 57 percent and so when i just kind of posed this question to david a couple minutes ago and i said hey i'm going to ask the same question if any me asked what was your answer? Compared to what? That's right. Is it a good time to buy a home? And the answer is compared to what? Well, versus buying a Maserati or what? Well, and you know, I, that's an interesting question because they don't say how they do that. But I think it's either one of the two questions is compared to not buying a home, okay. like you know, right now, because because clearly it's not as good a time to buy a house right now 
compared to two years ago because there's more competition. Right. And rates are higher. So that's a fair question. But the the answer is markets 10,000 points. David, you're in the hole. All right, round two. What percent of Americans think it's a bad time to buy? Wouldn't that just be the opposite of the people? Who well, no, because yes? I think there's a neutral. Okay. okay. So the choices are uh, 26%. Some people are Switzerland. Is that what you're That's saying? That's right. They're Swiss. 18% or 35%. So uh, 26%, 18%, or 35%. David, you go first. Bad time to buy a house. The higher number. The highest number. Highest number, 35, Mark. You know, I'm going to go with the lower one because, you know, I don't, I don't think the public perception is that it's a bad time. They might be crazy, but I don't think they think it's a bad. I have to go with 18%. Okay, 18. So 18% happens to be the answer from August of 2017. In February a year ago, it was 26%. And this February, David, your instincts are right, 35% of people said it was a bad time to buy a home. Bad time compared to what? Compared to, I don't know, a year ago? Just like, you know, that's right. It depends what their mood was when they were answering the question. Uh Uh-huh. And now keep in mind, this is people who are 18 or older, to which I said, really? We're asking 19-year-olds what they think about home buying? Uh, But anyway, all right. So um, the percentage who said it was a good time to sell was 63% in February, down a smidgen from January when it was 65%. I'm thinking to myself, why isn't that 100%? Well, because if you sell your house, then you have to go Uh, find some place to live. Duh. Okay. Jeez. Here. There you go. I I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. It's a great time to sell as long as you don't have to buy it again. But (laughs) then again, that would be a slightly higher demographic, gentlemen, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Move up, maybe, right? Because you already own a home. And then uh, the percent who say it's a bad time to sell is 27%. So the clever thing that Fannie Mae does is they measure the difference in each of these. So they're measuring the difference between the good and the bad time to sell. They're taking that gap uh, to get the sentiment, right? It's like the what's the magnitude of the difference? By the way, uh, 85% of people say they're not concerned about losing their job in the next 12 months. 14% 14% are concerned, and 26% say their household income is significantly higher than 12 months ago. 9% say it's lower, so I guess the difference there is people who say it's roughly the same, or it's not significantly different. So anyway, they add all those components up that I just mentioned and uh, come up with the overall value, which was 85.7%, which is good, okay. but down a little bit from January. And I think it has to do, like you said, with uh, inventory. And somebody asked me this week, well, why aren't more people listing our house? And I said, because we gave too many of them 30-year fixed-rate mortgages at 3.5%. And, you know, and to your point, they don't want to pay more. I guess. You know, they'll adapt. Maybe they'll remodel. I push back on, I don't think interest rates are slowing down anybody because people buy houses for personal reasons. Like, I have four kids now, and I need more bedrooms. Correct, but you kind of have to get pushed to that brink. You're just not, like, doing it because... You want to try something new, right? I mean, there's a hassle factor involved. All right. When we come back, why don't we uh, talk about, speaking of a hot market, I've got a story of an offer that's in jeopardy uh, over a roof issue, and we'll give you the details on that when we come back. And this is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. You know, human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in the country, and it can come in many different forms. Carrie Hemmig, the executive director of Fight to End Exploitation, sheds some light on the problem 
When she sits down with WTMJ's Tony Bedek, that's coming up at 11 o'clock this morning on WTMJ Conversations. And you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Once again, here's Brian. So, you know, we we're just talking about uh, the transaction with the lower appraisal, uh, and that happened because there was a bidding war. Yeah. And uh, duking out seven other people who wanted to buy that house. And in order to win, you know, some of the things that this uh, buyer had to do were invoke an accelerator clause, an addendum AC, I think it's called, where you say, hey, here's my offer at, you know, $500,000, but I'll go up to five twenty. If you can give me a bona fide offer that proves, you know, it was at 519 or 515 or whatever. Yes. So they had to use the accelerator clause, and they had to write without an appraisal contingency, which is very attractive yeah. in a rising market, right? Yeah. And coming coming home to be, you know, yeah, needed in this case because we didn't, the appraiser wasn't able to hit the number. Well, another thing that you sometimes have to do in this seller's market is you have to give the seller the right to cure uh, defects that are found on the inspection. And so I I was fielding the calls because we were moving the phone system. And so all the phone calls were coming to my mobile number on Friday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Good morning. This is Brian Ringer, the president of the company. How can I direct your call? And a, person, a customer called in wondering if his appraisal had come back, and it had not, because yesterday... St. Patrick's Day was the deadline for his home inspection. He was trying to decide what to do, and we talked for quite a while. Turned out there was an appraisal issue, or not appraisal, an, uh, a roof issue. And what happens then is, you know, your your general home inspector says, yeah, I think there might be a problem with this roof. But I'm not a roof expert. Right. So then you got to call on the experts, and he, they did. And they had a couple different contractors come out with widely different opinions on the cost to fix whatever this problem was, like tens of thousands of dollars different. Like, no, you got to rip the whole thing out and put on a new one. And the other one's like, no, you just do this and that. So, but the problem is contractors, you know, they're going to get money out of it. So uh, who do you trust, right? And so I happen to have a good contact uh, for a bona fide uh, roofing expert consultant. He doesn't do any work. All he does is say, yeah, this is what you need to do to fix this roof. We used them on your house, didn't we, in Milwaukee? Sure. Ron Dorzinski of Skyline Technology. So, miraculously, I was able to connect them, and he went out there on Saturday morning. I just don't know what the outcome was yet. But if you don't have the – or if the seller has the right to cure, um, you know, our buyer – can propose an amendment all day long, like, right. hey, how's about um, we lower the sales price or you give me a credit for this many thousands of dollars, but the only card, and maybe the seller will agree, so that's one thing they could do, is propose an amendment you know, before the deadline, yeah. but the only thing they can really do is give a notice. That's a one-way thing. I Here's the inspection reports, and here's my notice of defects. Slam it on the table. And then uh, that puts the ball in the seller's court, and a clock is ticking, because then they can decide to cure the defect, in this case the roof problem, in a good and workmanlike manner. manner. So in other words, however the heck they see fit, there's really no negotiating on that. Yeah. Um, so kind of a tough spot, uh, but caused by the you know lopsided seller's market. Now, if there's this big notice of defects on the table with all these details, though, your friendly lender could possibly end up blowing up the deal, 
right? Because maybe we are become the Budinskis here. Yeah. And say, well, wait a minute, we got to look in this. In order to lend on this property, you know, we want to make sure it's done this way, or you know, we might to get, we might end up having to play a role. Hopefully, the parties will work it out. You know, hopefully, Ron, the independent guy, maybe came in and said it was on the low end of the fix-it cost. Sure. And, but we'll see. So it's just one of those unavoidable things. The, the buyer's really smart. I enjoy talking with them and. You know, he but knows. You give away a little bit of something to be sitting at the table sometimes. That's right. But sometimes, you know, it's it's uh, it can have consequences. All right. When we come back from this last break in the show, let's talk about the uh, overall interest rate and economic environment. This coming Wednesday, we have the Federal Reserve meeting, and uh, we'll talk about interest rates when we come back. And this is the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Helping you find a place to call home. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And I believe, Brian, before uh, we went to commercial break, you were thinking about uh, wrapping up with uh, interest rates. Am I correct? You are correct. You mentioned retail sales, uh, which came in down 0.1%, surprisingly, uh, given all the other good things that are happening, tax cuts, job growth. But humans like stories. And so... uh, the story that we told ourselves about that was, well, you know, we had all those hurricanes and stuff like that in the fall, so maybe people bought cars then, and, you know, so now they're not buying things like cars now, and that's why retail sales were down. So, nice story. We'll see. Home buyers are kicking it into high gear. Single-family home starts were up 2.9% in February to a 902,000 annualized pace in February. That's good because otherwise household formation is outpacing New home construction. Not but enough places for everybody to live. That's right. That's a problem. What do you need to start uh, uh, building, David? Before you actually can have a housing start, what do you have to get from the government? A uh, permit. That's right. Building permits were weirdly down, though, dropped to an 872000 annualized pace for single families. And multifamily, as in apartment building permits, dropped 15% in February, down to 426000 Meanwhile, inflation numbers were relatively tame. Uh, core inflation came in at 1.8%, uh, which is below the Fed's 2% target. David, what are the chances of the Federal Reserve raising the Fed funds rate on Wednesday? 94%. Okay, 94%. Yeah. I'll yeah. take the other side of that. But what? What do you think they're going to do? No, it's just nothing. It's too certain. It's so certain. It's uh, too certain. That's, that's just that's me. a bad bet. Okay, don't bet too much a money small on bet. that. So uh, when that happens on Wednesday, the prime rate will go up uh, another quarter percent, and yeah. the prime rate will then be at four seven five. Four point seven five. So that's the index or the underlying rate that drives everybody's home equity line of credit and credit cards. And so that is also, by the way, David expected to go up to five percent. Uh, in June. In June, the yeah. chances of that are about what? 70. 70 percent. Already. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in the meantime, though, keeping in mind that so, you know, your home equity line of credit is going to 4.75 on Wednesday, maybe 5 percent by June. David, what could we do on a 30-year fixed rate at the close of business? With 25 percent equity and all the other right stuff, including a credit score of 740 and escrowing your taxes, okay. Akinet could deliver 4.5 percent on a 30-year fixed. APR is 4.52 with regular closing costs of 1100 bucks. Okay, that's low, by the way, because we don't charge any doc prep fee, origination fee, flood cert fee, underwriting fee, blah, blah, blah. No, no fees, just, yeah. you know, appraisal and closing. 
And what about the old 15-year fix? Uh, could offer 3.99% with an APR of 4.03. Same thing, regular closing costs. And the Mortgage Bankers Association weekly survey? Said 4.69. Oof. Was there, yeah. And you had to pay how many points to you get that? You had to basically pay a half a point. Okay. So there you go, making good on our value proposition. Yeah. Once again, that we can uh, beat you on rate and closing costs. And service. Well, that's right. I mean, people do like that. We're doing a really excellent job of keeping people up to date. You know, on purchase transactions, Mark, you know, everybody's nervous. And so we give everybody a weekly update, plus they get automatic updates when certain things happen, like when we send uh, the file in for underwriting or whenever we get something in from you. We acknowledge that. That's a great when feature. When we get the appraisal back. And well, and I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that and say collaborate to help make sure that no surprises come up so long as somebody keeps us in the loop like hey something came up on my inspection and we're thinking about writing this amendment let us how does this how does this look because we can say well that's gonna fly or it's not gonna fly correct yeah 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 what's in the that's the best transaction is when we work as a team your acunet loan consultant the buyer's agent uh and the buyer you know, let's all coordinate and right. let's not do anything. You know, that's what we were doing on this um, condo, uh, the new condo, I said, with the relocating buyer. Yeah. Crazily, they had gotten pre-approved through the reload company by, yes, Quicken Loans. Hmm. But then when it comes to doing a non-standard condo, Quicken can't do it. So that's how they got to me. Yeah. Um, somebody at the person's place of work said, oh, you got to call my guy. Yeah. And, yeah, we, we can handle that. Um so it's when we're working as a team, we're working with the buyer's agent then to say, okay, can you do this? What's the timing on that? They don't want to close until June. David, you had a weird situation with a delayed closing. Yeah, oh, not a delayed closing, but just uh, kind of the same feature oh. that you said on the accelerator clause, the post-closing. Mr. Seller, you can live in this house even after I buy it from you. But the limit on that is 60 days. Mm-hmm. So, dear real estate agents, you, you can't do 61 Otherwise, in this case, it was like 100 days like or 100 something. 100 days. Yeah, you can live in this house for 100 days. No, and the reason is the mortgage requires that the buyer, in order for it to be owner-occupied, right. must occupy within 60, 60 days of closing. So it's, it's, a great, it's a great tool, but you're capped at 60. Make so it 59. Just we could have sure. done it as a rental property, but uh, yeah. who wants that higher rate? Correct. So interesting stuff. All right. So this week, we got the Fed uh, raising rates on Wednesday. Hopefully, nothing will happen to long-term rates, but... Now is the time to click on the blue button at Acunet.com and get out of the way of those rising rates while you still can and get started on your rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval to buy because you got to be the best version of you when you're out there shopping on a nice warm afternoon like today. We'll see you back here again next week, Mark. It's a pleasure as always, guys. WTMJ Conversations coming up at 11.07. I'm Mark Segrist. Have a great day. The preceding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Accident Mortgage and Accident Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.